Good morning and welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumpscher. This is our 291st week of doing HR Tech News. Hey, Stacey, how's North Carolina? Hey, John, we are, well, we're in the middle of it here, aren't we? <laughs> we're doing well in North Carolina. The weather is nice. Um, uh, as you said, it's our 291st, right? Boy, that's a, that's a lot right. of shows. Um so we, um, you know, here in North Carolina, we're just holding on and waiting to see what things are going to look like. Um, and and I'll let you know in about a week <laughs> if North Carolina still exists after all this. <laughs> and how about you? You're in California. Probably know yep. what Californians are doing and thinking, right? <laughs> well, you, you know, I, I don't know about, about you, but I am as concerned about um, the next levels of the pandemic as I am about um sorting the wheat from chaff in the in the aftermath of the election. Um, it's it's looking it's looking gruesome. <laughs> That's what I'd say. It's looking gruesome. Yeah. It's it's the numbers are definitely higher than I think I mean I think we all knew they were gonna go up, but but to see that, that sort of hundred thousand uh, number hit um yesterday I think it was. Um yeah. you know you're and and I think you know from our perspective, you know, not a, let alone personals and you know you know our family members and people we worry about and all that stuff. But I think HR perspective, um, you know, there is a a even a bigger sort of hurdle with this because you know at first, like you had mentioned, I think even in your presentation at HR Tech, there was this, you know, everybody was going to be heroic. We're all going to do the right thing. We're all sort of pitching in together. Um, that and that's starting to get weary now, right? And so I, I was I was talking to um, a friend of mine who does HR for a healthcare, and she's like, "Yeah, all of a sudden, you know, the healthcare professionals who have been putting their their life on the line." She goes, "Not only are they tired, but the people around them are tired of dealing with it, right?" And she said, "You know, and and you know, nobody's nobody's you know holding up blue signs saying how great they are anymore, right? You know, um, and it, it was just really telling that she that that." she as an HR professional has to think a lot more about the mental health of her frontline workers, even more so than she did at the beginning of the pandemic. And we're heading into this, this high you know, next wave of it. Right. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit like being on the ocean and the waves keep coming and you can't stop and you're tired at this point. Right. And they, and they get bigger and bigger. And yeah. um, it's, it's, it's such an interesting time to be alive, and and you can tell. I mean, this is this is the case that I'm going to make over and over again that that the fundamental priorities of HR and the fundamental priorities of people who buy HR technology are shifting faster than the pundits can keep up with it. Um, and and so so it feels. I think if you are a um, decision maker inside of an HR function, it probably feels like there are no guardrails right now um, yeah. because every decision that you make, you're making for the first time. And so, and so, uh, so it's just brutal to be learning all the time. This, this idea of the permanently learning organization, I think was invented by somebody who didn't understand how hard it is to do learning permanently. No, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, you know, we, we use the term continuous change, but um, 
you know, continuous change requires continuous learning, right? Like you said, the, the, the ongoing learning, it, I think part of the reason there's such resistance to this model in the workforce isn't, isn't because people don't know how to do it in some cases, because they, they don't want to, right? It is a lot more work to always be on, right? To always be looking for the changes. Um, I think it's easier if you have some, some um, things in place that help you sort of sort of see when those changes take place. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we saw in our data this year was the, 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 if you had tools in place that were sort of giving you awareness when stuff started going wrong, it's a little bit easier to handle that because you're not making those decisions, you know, as the company's sort of crumbling around you. But no matter what, it, it's a constant barrage of, 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 as you said, new decisions right now. Now, not only am I going to have to make decisions about where people are at and layoffs and stuff, but now I might be cutting my overall HR and technology budget, but I'm buying these brand new things. I mean, you know, how many companies are, are, are I, I think it was your, was it your session where you were talking about, you know, it was like, who's going to clean the bathroom? And I'm like, oh, well, there's an even bigger question. Who, are we, are we changing out some of the things inside of our restrooms, inside of our offices, which were all about open and, you know, air and light. And now we've got to think differently about bringing people back to work at all. If we're going to have that kind of environment, right? It's a it's a um, a challenging moment in time, and you know it's really interesting. Actually, I, I I was on the phone the other day with a vendor, and the, you know there are a bunch of people from the vendors team and me in this Zoom call, and, and one of the people in the in the vendor group said, "I just can't keep up with all of the changes to Zoom. I can never figure out what's going on. I can't keep up with the changes." And I said. Well, now you're having a firsthand experience of what it's like to be your customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, wow. And, and oh, yes, right? <laughs> right, right. And they went, they went, they went, there was a sort of a slap my forehead um, um, moment for them <laughs> as they went, oh, because, oh, you know, we can say that sort of stuff, but it, it, it doesn't feel real until you can find something that you can hook it to. And so, yeah. so I think you're going to see people get very smart about where they want to see innovation in their products and where they wish that you wouldn't bother innovating. Um, yeah, and, I believe it as it's been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks for all the big ideas. Now, can you give us the stuff we need to do our job? Um, exactly. Well, and that might very well be, I mean, I mean, some of the stuff we got in the news this week is sort of a mixed bag of large, very large investments and, and also some very, um, uh, um, some very early but telltale signs that, you know, the investments are down in other areas, right? Um, and, and I think it's, it's exactly because of, of what you're talking about, that, that people are sort of saying, look, there's some areas I need right now, <clears throat> and there's some where I just don't want you to mess or touch with it, right? Yep, and so, and so in the news, what are we looking at? We're looking at, um, at the impact of the pandemic on stock prices and probably revenue in 2021, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of stories. There, I picked just two of them, but there's several of them that are out in the market right now. I mean, SAP probably had the biggest sort of um, upset. Um, they, you know, the, the commentary they startled the market. Um, 
because they saw um, their sort of cloud backlog shrinking, which was unusual for them at this point in time. Um, but you also saw, I mean, SAP being one of the largest companies and serving the largest markets in the world, you also saw a similar thing coming out of Paycom. Paycom stocks dropped after their um, second quarter um, numbers came out um, with soft revenue forecasts for going forward. And I think, you know, both of those are examples of, of what we were just talking about, that there's something going on in sort of the traditional HR tech market. Um, we also saw, though, some interesting stuff going on in um, sort of the large investment areas and in the mergers and acquisitions. Um, there's a, a, a possibility of, a, of an acquisition, it looks like, for um, Elmo. So some of you might not know Elmo, but Elmo is one of the, the largest sort of Australia, New Zealand HR cloud payroll um, provider and learning provider. Um, and they're looking at acquiring um, Breathe, a, a, another HR technology company with, I think, more services and tools. So you can see organizations doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions at this time. Um, we also had um, uh, an interesting one. We might take some time to talk about this. SHRM is rolling out. So Society for Human Resource Management, for those who, who might not know what SHRM is, but I think everybody kind of knows that who SHRM is in this industry. Um, SHRM itself is rolling out a pay solution. It's a digital payroll service um, from the association, but again, taking advantage of what's happening in the small business market right now. Not sure how that's going to play over with their, their uh, sponsors. But then we're also seeing huge investments, Eightfold AI, which is sort of a recruiting analytics tool, um, raised $125 million in Series D funding. That's a lot of money right now in the middle of everything. Um, and so that's probably worth chatting a little bit about. There's also Lena AI, which is one of the early Y Combinator summer sort of cohorts um, that a lot of people were talking about. They grabbed $8 million Series A funding um, for their HR service platform, which again, both of those areas maybe point towards what people are looking to invest in. Um, we're also seeing some interesting partnerships take place. Beekeeper, um, which is more of a communications tool, um, joined the UKG, which is the um, Ultimate Kronos Group uh, Dimensions um, Technology Partner Network. Um, and Ceridian rolled out new benefits intelligence tools uh, this week. So. It's been a busy week, and the the pace isn't slowing, but we are definitely seeing um, where organizations are investing their time and money to be a little bit different from what we saw, I would say, this time last year, right? Yeah, yeah. So let me, let's dive in. Let's start by diving into the SHRM announcement. Mm -hmm. Ready? What? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sure, yeah. sure. I, I just saw the other day that Sherm has a venture capital arm, yeah. and now they are now so they're not just investing, but they're releasing products. They're releasing products, and yeah, I don't one. know of any other professional association that I've ever heard of that is audacious enough to field technology. Um, when there is an entire industry full of people who actually know how to do it, right? the odds—the odds that the bumbling lobbyists at Sherm are going to suddenly turn into competent tech providers are exactly zero. And you kind of wonder um, how they will be able to offer 
certification for professional service if what they have to do is hustle their products, right? So now a SHRM certificate means you know how to use SHRM products. This is this is yeah. just this is just stupid. I will have to say that when I saw this come across the wire, I was a little blown away. Um, and I mean, SHRM is the largest association in our market, right? With um, you know over three hundred thousand you know members. I mean, they're bigger than than most companies in our market, right? Um, right. Uh, members in one hundred sixty five different countries. I, I'm not exactly sure where this is. I mean, this is this isn't their individual product. This is actually they're they're reselling someone else's project, which I think makes us even a little bit more uncomfortable, right? You know, if, if you dive into what they're talking about here, they're 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 saying these services that they're offering um, are powered by. Um, and I'm gonna find the company's name, but it's Pfizer. But money, um, the Money Network, the Money Network, yeah. the Sherm Pay the solution is enabled by the Money Network. Yeah, there it is by Money Network, which is a um, a, a, a data finance um, and now Pfizer, I think. Um, so it's more like a, a a debit money. This is huge. This is exactly what we are seeing ADP, Ceridian, even Workday get into right now, right? Um, Oracle, all of them are, are, are getting into this space right now. This is great direct competition with those vendors, right? Um, and, and to your point, if you're promoting it, that means, you, and you're selling it, that means you have to be able to stand behind the product and know the product, which means, yeah, I, I don't even know where you go with this, right? So, 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 so you, you sit on the board of IRAM, which is another professional association. Can you imagine the extraordinary noise um, that that would erupt if Iram started repping vendors? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. That would that would be completely against um, our not only our 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 our, uh, our charter. Our charter literally says we are we are not allowed to. Um, sell, present, or, or represent any particular vendor because we're vendor neutral. But it also makes a point that our focus is on the advocacy of a profession and a role. Well, how can you be focused on the advocacy of a role and a profession if you're more focused on selling that role and profession something that has nothing to do with the growth of their own profession, right? <laughs> I, mean, yep. I, I completely believe in selling training and education and pitching certifications. I just think all of that makes sense. I get it. You know, everybody's got to make money to live. We all got to survive, right? And membership numbers to me seems like a step too far. So yeah, yeah, this, this one threw me, I will have to say. But I think, you know, in this market, in this, in the space that we're in right now, where we're talking about what do people need, I can't discount the fact that Sherm probably saw very clearly that many of the SMBs are struggling with which payroll solution to pick and can they get something that is, you know, easier to manage and um, that's attached to something they already know because there's thousands of options in the market right now for this kind of thing. So I can see why buying it from a someone you know and feeling a little bit more comfortable that your association might be offering it, that it is reputable in this space, makes sense 
Um, I just think that they should have spun it off as, as a different kind of a thing, right? But um, completely different um, with the Chinese wall across all of the things. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you can take responsible positions at a policy level about the handling of data and privacy if you are repping somebody else's data handling and privacy thing, right? You, you'd yeah. have to, you'd have to um, adopt whatever their position was. Mm -hmm. You couldn't have a position that disagreed with them, so you'd have to adopt whatever their position was. That's 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 just trouble waiting to happen, you know. And meanwhile, people who work in HR depend on Sherm to be an arbiter rather than a participant. Um, so yeah, I don't know, yeah. boo Sherm, but this isn't the first time I've said <laughs> boo Sherm. <laughs> it is, and, and and I don't know how how well this will be accepted by the market. It'll be interesting to see, you know, will we start to have a a Sherm store of all of their solutions they offer, right? Um, and possibly, right? Um, but I, I think the bigger conversation here is one, should they be doing this? And the answer is probably no. I think everybody would agree with that. Secondly, um, you know, as they're doing this kind of stuff, how does this, is, is this in reaction to the fact that there are so many struggling small businesses? Is this in reaction to the fact that you know, the market is so splintered right now in this in this particular topic and in this particular area, right? Um, so I think there is an opportunity for someone to come in and, and be, a, be a trusted voice in this space. Um, it's it's just I don't think it should be the association. So, yeah. 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 And, and well, so you have a fundamentally kinder view of this than I do because <laughs> I think this is a slippery slope and they just slipped right down it. <laughs> yeah. And there's, yeah, and there's no I mean, excusing. There's no excusing it. I agree. Yeah, I, I I also know how important local Sherm chapters can be in small towns and in small areas, um, and how that um, community makes a difference. I know for me, when I was a young um, HR employee, it, you know, it was Sherm that connected me to other Sherm professionals and got me my next job. Right. Um, I'd, I'd be very aware that those local chapters are, do amazing things, and, and my hope is that this kind of thing doesn't hurt the local local chapter, you know, um, relationships. But I think it will over time if, if it keeps going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So so, yay, boo, sure. What what else is in here? Eightfold <laughs> raised a bunch of money, a hundred and twenty-five yeah. billion dollars for. Um, something that looks like it wants to be a competitor with um, Phnom people. And, um, you know, it's sort of a do everything intelligent that you can do inside of talent acquisition and talent management. So more skilled stuff and more automated recruiting stuff, all in a single bundle wrapped around a single employee profile. And here's my question for you, John. I mean, most of these kind of um, analytics at the recruiting level kind of companies, they can't have more than maybe, I mean, I don't know Eightfold's exact numbers, but usually when I talk to these companies, their their employee sizes range from you know, 300 to, to, to 500, but they're usually the biggest companies in the market, right? They're, they're usually Fortune 1000 or so. Um, but $125 million 
and this is on top of, of funding they've already gotten. So in total, um, it looks like this the eightfold had 176.8 million between the A, B, C, D funding. Um, that's a lot of money at this juncture. What what does that kind of money denote in this kind of market? Is it is someone really think that that eightfold is going to change the way we do recruiting and analytics? Um, I think I think you need to understand that that these investments are made by bankers, not by people in the industry. And mm-hmm. so the the banking idea is if you can spend the money fast enough. It really is. How fast can you spend the money? Um, then you can build a, uh, a head of momentum that becomes unstoppable, right? And so this is all about how rapidly can you get to the point where your growth hits that bend in the J-curve um, yep. and goes straight up. And so the it's it's like... Escape velocity money is is a good way to think about it. Um, you, you know, escape velocity is how fast you have to go to break through the Earth's orbit when you when your missile takes off. And these big deals are all about generating escape velocity for the companies that that get this money, and it requires a kind of thinking about business that is not the way that you think about building your own small business but it's about it's about starting from the beginning building a business that is able to handle a billion dollars in transactions right so you build everything big first and that's expensive and that's what the money's for Um, and so so when there's an investment the, the bankers are never smart about the industry right that's that's it's not the banker it's not that bankers are um, naive but they they have to be um, jack of all trades master of none yeah and and the way that you do venture investing is you never believe that all of your investments are going to pay off you want one in ten to pay off Right. And so so there's this weird correlation. The more venture money you get, the less likely you are to succeed. Um, And and this stuff isn't broadly understood. So a company like Eightfold will will be delighted to run out and trumpet the fact that they've raised all of this money. (coughs) But what it really means is that they've got a big mortgage on a big house and a small family to live in it. Yeah, well, exactly. That that's definitely where where I was, I, my head was at. And so, so then, yeah, I, I think that's a one of the most um, 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 down to earth ways to explain this. You know, investments are such a funny thing, right? And we hear about them, and and many of these vendors use this. Well, I got this investment as a way to to get um, to to prove to buyers that they're going to be around for a while, right? That 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 they're that they're in the game to play it for a while. Um, and I think, and a lot of times organizations forego really important things like financial evaluations because they're like, oh, they just got a lot of a cash investment, right? Um, as you said, history tells us that may not be the best thing. You should probably still do your financial evaluations, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I have this I have this quiet theory about the world that there are two doors that you could go into. One is um, marked money, and one is marked brains, and nobody gets to go in both. Um, <laughs> Okay. There are some exceptions. There are some exceptions, but but generally speaking, generally speaking, um, you don't look for smart things where the money is accumulating. Okay. <laughs> so, so if either of us make a lot of money, John, uh, do, do, do we forego the the other side of it? Is that what we're having to say? I, 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 I think there are many days where I'd be happy to be stupid in that way. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one, one last comment on investments here, because I think it's worth noting. Um, I know we're running up in just the last few minutes, but uh, Lena AI nabbed $8 million in Series A funding, not nearly as much, um, but it's expanding a chatbot. And, and at first you'd be like, another chatbot in the market. But part of what they're doing, it looks like with this, um, is they're expanding to create a full HR service platform, which means they're going to be doing chatbot-driven um, case management systems, it looks like. Um, they're going to be escalating into um, uh, an intelligent platform for um, risk HR, um, you know, sort of knowledge management. This is something you and I have talked a lot about, and I do think that coming out of HR tech and coming out of this year's pandemic crisis, one of the things we have seen that when we talk about where the money is that I think people are looking for things that um, – are changing people's lives right now that are having an impact on how they meet the needs of their employees. There's no doubt that something as simple as a help desk tool has made all the difference in some organizations, right? A case management tool that's well, well developed, has the right type of knowledge base behind it, has the right process and procedures after it, and the right triggers and categories to allow people to monitor what's happening in their organizations, particularly for very large organizations. Um, this to me is a play in that market, particularly at a chatbot level. This could be the ability to sort of do this for a more mid-market level organization, possibly, especially if the data is somewhat normalized across industries. Um, I don't know. Do you think, you know, we've talked a lot about service delivery as the next sort of exciting thing, at least from my perspective. Um, do you think that it's, it's realistic to create a chatbot that's an HR service delivery platform? So, so the 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 language is so imprecise. Um, let's 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 this this will take a moment, but let me let me do this. Um, to build a chatbot, you have to have um, the ability to translate all sorts of language into questions, um, and then you have to have enough information with which to answer those questions and then you have to be able to take people to those answers right those are the essence of a chatbot and simply done you know do you have a late model car yes or no the sort of recruiting screening chatbots very easy mm -hmm. to do that but when you get to something like this many of the players are quite proud of the fact that if you ask their systems a question, they will point you to the document in which the answer happens. Can you imagine anything more infuriating than going to your <laughs> HR department and saying, you know, 
what are my insurance benefits and have them refer you to an insurance binder. That's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of state of the art of most chatbots, rather than the standard being if you have a question, you get a specific answer that you can do something with. That's the level of quality that you want to aspire to. And that's pretty hard to do with something that's case management. Case management allows you to start to manage the actual quantity of transactions in HR. And it's a huge and important thing. Case management, yeah. like people doc, amazing stuff that you can do with case management inside of a, uh, of a system. But generally speaking, you can only get to the doc. Right. That's the that's the the limitation on these things is it'll take you to the file, but it won't tell you what's in the file. It'll just say your answer is probably in the file somewhere. And the the kinds of operations required, there are there are companies out there like like um, um, Socrates that both integrate all of the technical systems so they have access to HRIS data and payroll data and benefits data and health data and translate the questions and ensure that the client has all of the data necessary to answer all of the questions. Then you can get this seamless thing where where you hit the chatbot and you say, um, how much time will I get off when I have my baby in December? Right, and the answer to that question usually involves looking stuff up in six or seven systems, and so you have to have that yeah. all set up so that the answer, you'll have 14 days, doesn't involve running somebody through all of those bits and pieces of it. And most um, um, most chatbots are not able to be that sophisticated, partly because the people involved in it don't really understand AI. There's a kind of, uh, and don't understand HR. And so there's a kind of competence that's missing in a lot of these companies to understand whether or not their solutions are actually meaningful. That makes sense. It completely makes sense. It's one of the things that when I saw the investment, I, 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 I agree in the direction it's heading. The question is whether it's chatbot can do what it, be the service delivery arm, right? The only service delivery arm, which is what it feels a little bit like what they're trying to, to sort of comment on. Um, and I think a human element in here, you know, one of the stories we're not going to get to talk about is that, um, you know, Walmart uh, canceled its inventory tracking robots. Um, they basically, after five years of investment in it, kind of said, you know, humans are a little bit better at this for the moment. This is an area where I think you, it just feels like you need a human at some level still um, but we we might get there, and Socrates is, is a good example of an organization sort of pulling some of that together. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. The big thing here is service delivery, I think, is, is where the investments are going to continue to grow, and we're going to see more people realizing that maybe that's the space where HR has to really change what they're doing these days. So that is exciting to see. But, yeah, yeah. So, it's, so lots of conversations in the, in the investment space and figuring out what it means, right? <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, we have whipped through our time together again this week. What a great conversation. As always. As always. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. See you back here same time next week. Bye-bye now. Thanks, everyone. Bye.